Good morning, Generations Church. My name is Rich Alisea. I'm the assistant campus pastor of Generations Church at our Temecula Valley location. Man, I'm so excited to be here. We're actually here in our urban room at our Moreno Valley location. And I was just kind of taking a walk down memory lane, actually. And uh, right here in this spot right here, four years ago, was my first opportunity to bring the word at a, at a student's night um, on a Wednesday night here at Generations Church. For me, that was, that was history actually being made. I know in my personal life, maybe not for you guys, but for me, it was a really, really important time in my life and it was history for me. And so I just wanna, we're gonna talk a little bit more about that, um, the times that we're living in, history being made right now. We're gonna talk about your story a little bit and we're just gonna dive right into it, all right? So I just come along with me to the auditorium and let's get this thing started. All right, good morning again, guys. You guys made it. We made it back into the auditorium. Thank you guys for joining me on that little trip down memory lane. Um, I, I just can't believe it's been four years uh, since that experience, since that time. Um, uh, since we have those introductions out of the way, um, I'm just, I, I just want to give honor where honor is due. I just want to honor um, our campus pastors at the Temecula Valley location, Pastor Mike and Corky. Um, I want to honor our senior pastors, our senior leaders, Pastor Troy and Pastor Jen Shadid. Um, I'm just so thankful for you. I'm a better husband. I'm a better father. And I'm a better leader because of you guys. Um, love you so, so much. Thank you for the opportunity, man. Uh, we're going to have fun today. Who's ready to have fun? All right, let's go. Let's do this. We're going to dive right in. Um, and I'm just going to share a little bit with you. Uh, because again, if you didn't know, this is my first time ever speaking at our Merino Valley location. And, and it's just, it was, I, I just, I don't know about you, but I uh, picture things. I was talking to Pastor Isaac about it, actually. And like before something happens, we actually kind of picture ourselves in that. And, you know, he was agreeing with me. And I do the same thing, uh, you know, certain events coming up or whatever the case may be. I kind of picture myself, what I'm going to be doing, how I'm going to look and and um, even sometimes what I'm going to say and all that. And I could tell you right now, I'll share a little bit with you that this opportunity right here, um, I definitely didn't think it was going to look like this. It was something that I imagined. Um, I could imagine, uh, you know, Pastor Troy and Pastor Jen over here um, on the side and, uh, you know, my wife down here in the front, maybe. Uh, and then also, you know, my mom, maybe other friends and, and family and even, even my boy Chris Ivory over here. Love you, bro. Miss you, man. Just shouting me down. And so the, the way I imagined it, the way it um, I thought it was going to look, it, it definitely doesn't look like that right now. And it actually made me think about a scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 6 and 7. I'm just going to give you a little background here. We're going to be talking about David today. And I know what you're saying. Well, I already know the story of David, but hopefully after this teaching, after this talk that we're going to have, maybe you'll see it from a different perspective. All right. So it just made me think of this scripture here and um, actually just to give a little background. Uh, Saul, um, his days were numbered. And God said, you know what? You're not my anointed anymore. And um, God sends Samuel to actually go and anoint the new king. So he sends him to the house of Jesse. So this is where we pick up here. First Samuel chapter 16, verses six through seven. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. Verse seven says, but the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height. Guy had some height on him for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. 
And that just made me, first of all, um, for all you single people out there, I felt the anointing of God on that one. You guys need to be looking for somebody who has a good heart, somebody who's a follower of Jesus, and don't be always, you know, looking at the outside too much. Amen. That's just a little nugget for you guys, for all you single people. But it made me think about that, like it, this, this, this opportunity that I have, it just doesn't look like the way it was going to be in my imagination. And, and it made me think about, but God looks at the heart. And it really made me think about the people who are in this room and the people's hearts that are being poured out right now, the people who are putting in time so that we have the word of God being preached, all the people who go, all the behind the, the, uh, behind the scenes things that are happening, the hearts of those men and women. It, it, just, it, just, it just fills me up and it's just amazing to see that. God sees that and, and I'm so proud to be a part of that here today. But it really also demonstrated, God is demonstrating something. He's letting us know that it's not about who's in the crowd, but it's about who's on the throne. He's still on the throne. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of his father. Jesus is pleading and petitioning for us, his children, at all times. Amen. So that's what we need to focus. It doesn't matter um, about what it looks like here in the natural, um, but it's actually that the word of God is being preached. Amen. That the love is being shown even through our Zoom meetings as we're connecting together. Community is still happening, right? And that also that the spirit, the spirit of God is available wherever we go. It's not confined to this place. And I'm just so honored again to be here and so proud to be part of this opportunity. So we're going to dive right into the talk today. The title of the talk today is History in the Making. I want you guys to say that with me. History in the Making. One more time. History in the Making. And I'm saying like that for a reason, because um, the way we're going to do it, we're going to break it down. It's going to be the three points that I'm going to be coming out with today is from that phrase. And maybe you might have heard that phrase before. Some of you guys uh, may have heard that phrase. There's a prominent pastor in Tulsa, Oklahoma. His name is Mike Todd has an amazing church, Transformation Church. I, I don't know about you, but I, I just had a feeling that the spike just went up right now on YouTube and on Instagram right now. That is just in Michael Todd's name. Maybe I'll say his name a couple more times so we get those spikes. But anyway, he had this message. It, this isn't the message, but that, that title just came to me. And so we're going to break that down. But I'm sure you may have heard that phrase before. Maybe a sporting event, something like that. If you've seen history happen in sports, I remember the home run race back in the late 90s. And I know it was riddled with, you know, steroids and all that stuff. And I know we're missing sports so bad, but I remember that. And that was history being made. Home runs were being hit at an alarming rate. And it was just crazy for me to be seeing that um, history in the making that was happening. Or maybe you heard it on the news. I'm sure if you've turned on the news, you've heard a lot of different things. History being made. Um, some of it negative and actually some of it positive. We're going to jump into that a little bit. Or maybe it's just something that your spouse or your mom or dad said sarcastically because you actually cleaned your room. History in the making. Yay, you did it. Or you actually took out the trash. History in the making right there. I'm going to mark that down on my calendar right here. We're going to have a celebration. Um, but really, we're living in a time where we're literally making history um, during this COVID-19 uh, era, I guess you can call it. But actually, what I want to focus on is that Easter, just a few weeks ago, 10 million people watched on Easter Sunday. And I'm sure way more watched after that. 69,000 people gave their lives to Jesus Christ. Pastor Troy mentioned that last week. History in the making. We're literally making history as we live right now. So really, whether it's a, a maybe just a paragraph, a section, or even a whole chapter in the history books of what's happening right now, my question is, what is it going to say about the church? 
What is it going to say about the followers of Jesus Christ? And we've seen amazing things happening. The church is mobilizing, even though we're restricted to our homes. People are being reached. The gospel is being brought forth and preached. People are, are, are getting their needs met because of the generosity of the people. It's just amazing things are happening right now. What is it going to say about the church? What is it going to say? I'll take it a step further about you and your home and your family. Amen. Is it, was this time an opportunity or just an omission? Are we just going to look past this? Well, this never happened. I need a do over for 2020. Come on, somebody. But is it an opportunity or an omission? Was it a time of favor or a time of famine? Are we focusing on what we don't have or the time that we do have with our families, with what's going on right now? It's all on how you see it, your perspective. Was it a time when you decided to press in or did you just check out? And I'm not just talking about your relationship with God because that's vital. That's number one. But you know what? I'm talking about pressing into your marriage. I'm talking about pressing into the relationship with your kids, pressing in to other areas of your life. I'm going to tell you this right now. If you don't know, God has already written your story. Isaiah chapter 46 verse 10 says this, God declares the end from the beginning. He knows it already. It's already been written. It also says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse two, it says, God is the author and finisher of your faith. Amen. So God has the story written. My question is, how will that story align? How will your story align with what God has already written? And that made me think about it. Um, stories and how, you know, books that are written, and so I wouldn't call myself a movie buff. Um, maybe I used to be back in the day. And um, really, I, I used to go to the movies oh, every Friday. A new movie came out. I used to actually, it was my first job was in a movie theater. So, I mean, I loved movies. Um, but when, you know, I became a family man, I got married and had kids. The genres, isn't that, come on, somebody. The genres of the movies you watch changed just a little bit, right? So um, I went from watching, you know, uh, comedies and, and, and action movies and things like that. The newest things coming out, all the, you know, Oscar nominated movies and all that to actually being an expert on Disney, Pixar, DreamWorks, all the animated films. And honestly, sometimes I think I want to see them more than my kids even do. Come on. So, but it made me think about um, books that were written that actually were adapted and were changed and were actually made into movies. So um, I have a list right here. And um, mine were like 80s, 90s. I love John Hughes films, the, you know, kind of like, you know, the, the coming of age movies and comedies and all that stuff and buddy comedies. Um, the first one I have is The Lord of the Rings. And if you took the time to watch those movies, God bless you, because um, I, they, they probably took like a week, right? So um, we also have um, Harry Potter was a book that was turned into a movie, very famous. Um, also the movie Jaws, a very famous uh, movie about a big great white shark. Um, that was a book that was turned into a movie. What about The Princess Bride? It was actually a great 80s movie. Actually, we tried to show that to our children and it went right over their heads. I, my disappointment was great, but hopefully, Hopefully, um, we'll give that another shot at some time. Gone with the Wind was another one. One of my favorite movies of all time, The Godfather, was actually a book that was turned into a movie. And this is the, this is the top of the cake right here. And in my opinion, the greatest Christmas movie of all time, yes, Die Hard. I said it. I'm going to say it again. Die Hard was a book that was turned into a movie. If you guys don't agree with that or if you want to discuss it, I actually have a Zoom meeting on Monday at 10 o'clock called Monday Morning Quarterback with Pastor Rich. So if you guys want to check that, if you guys want to talk about that, you're more than welcome to come. But really, um, my point there is most movies... They're limited, right, because of the time frame. Some of them are two hours, three hours. Some of them stretch past that for some reason. But anyway, um, 
They have a limitation. And so the directors, they have to take certain liberties or creative liberties is what they call it to make it maybe more entertaining or to just make sure that the people are engaged. And so, and sometimes they have to leave stuff out. So let me paint the picture like this. God is the the writer, the author of the book. And you have been entrusted, your story, you have been entrusted to make that story, to make that book into a movie. Will you, how will that align? How will that look? How will that story look? How will the portrayal be? Will you leave some stuff out? Will you put some stuff in? Will you omit some things or take certain liberties or shall I say shortcuts in what you have? So I want to break down this title for you, History in the Making. Remember, History in the Making. So I'm going to get three points out of this. I really want you to understand a little bit more about your story. And if you don't feel like you have a story, I'm telling you, you do. Second thing, I want you to really understand that your story is important. And last, I want you to uh, uh, really get a better understanding that your story was, is, and will be uh, impacting to someone else in your life. So first one, point number one, history. The first part, history in the making. First point is we have a past or a history with God. Yes, a past history with God. And again, some of us may be thinking like, you know what, that past and that history, Pastor Rich, is, it, ain't, it ain't too good. Actually, sometimes I don't even want to remember some of the stuff that I've done. And I want to encourage you today and let you know that you do have a past and a history with God. And even though you may feel like it's not good, I'm going to show you right now. I'm going to encourage you with a scripture that tells you it is good. And it's even before all the things you even thought of or even did in your life. We have a past and history with God. And that scripture is Jeremiah 1, um, verse 5 in the New Living Translation. I knew you before I formed you. I'm going to stay right there. I'm going to say it again. I knew you before I formed you. This is God speaking. I knew you before I formed you. I don't even have to read the rest right there. It says before I formed you in your mother's womb, but God knew you. It wasn't just I formed you. I knew you. I knew exactly who you were. I knew exactly who I fashioned you to be. And that, if that doesn't encourage you, I really don't know what else will. But I'm going to let you know right now that you, God knew you. He knew you before he even formed you. If I could um, just encapsulate that in an emoji, it's the mind blown emoji. Like my brain is just blown because God knew me before I was even formed in my mother's room. Isaiah chapter 46 verse 9 in the New Living says this, remember the things I have done in the past. A lot of us don't want to bring up the past, but this is God speaking. Remember the things I, God, have done in the past for I alone am God. I'm God and there is none like me. If you're taking notes, write this down. We have to recall or remember our history with God in order to reclaim his position in our lives. Pastor Rich, why do you say that, reclaim his position? Because sometimes in times like this, in times where there's uncertainty, in times where there's challenges and struggles in our lives, sometimes God's position changes a little bit. He's an option, but he's not the priority. So we shift that positioning changes. But you know what the word just said there in Isaiah chapter 46, verse nine, it says, remember 
God says the things I have done. You have to recall and remember the things God has done in our life. You have to remember our history with God. Remember that he knew you before he formed you in your mother's womb. You have to remember that he is the way maker, that he is the promise keeper, that he is the miracle worker in your life. You have to remember that God um, has delivered you from everything in your life, that God will never leave you nor forsake you. We have to recall that. We have to remember that. That's our job, even in our lowest point. And so we're going to dive into the story of David, like I said before. We're going to pick it up, 1 Samuel 16, verse 18. Again, just to give a little bit more reference, Saul, times are done. David is anointed king, and Saul actually felt the presence of God, the spirit of God leave him. So he was down in the dumps. And so he told his servants to find someone who could play the harp from so at least to lift his spirits a little bit. So his servants were tasked to do that. So this is where we pick it up in verse uh, 18, First uh, Samuel chapter 16. It says, then one of the servants answered and said, look, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite. He's from Bethlehem, basically. Right. So who is skillful in playing. Remember, he's looking for someone to play the harp. A mighty man of valor. A man of war, prudent in speech, meaning wise in speech, and a handsome person. So the dude look good. And the Lord is with him. I think that's the most important part. So this is interesting because Saul's looking for someone to lift his spirits. And the servant said, I have seen this David. And he is skillful in playing. And I just thought about, like, how did the servant know that he was skillful in playing? And not just that, he added some other powerful things, men of valor, men of war. He can speak well, and he look, look good. So for me, either two things happen. Either the Spirit of God just directed that servant, be like, boom, that's him right there. And he went to actually see it for himself. Or actually, I believe David had a reputation. David had a reputation for worshiping God. Um, I don't know if you knew, but there was a shepherd. He was just out in the field with the sheep. And if you didn't know, newsflash, sheep don't really do much. All right. So he had some time on his hands and he actually used those hands to become skillful in playing the harp to worshiping God. And we get some of those Psalms were out there on the field where he was just connecting with God. And so all these things, I believe David had a reputation and it preceded him. People knew that. So I believe the servant heard and then the servant went to go see it for himself. So now David becomes Saul's harp player. Point number two, remember history in the making. So we're in the middle part right here. In the, those are just prepositions, little words in there, but they are very, very important. The middle part, you could even call it the dash in the middle. Number two, we are in progress with God. In the, in progress with God. I, I, I truly, truly believe somebody needed to hear that, that you're in progress with God. This is not the finished product. You are not done. God is not done with you yet. You are in progress with God right now. And what that phrase represents is the present. We talked about we have a past and a history with God, but we also have a present, a right now with God. Isaiah chapter 46, 13, the beginning part says this, for I am ready to set things right, not in the distant future, but right now. Come on, somebody. I am ready. This is God saying, I'm ready to set things right and not in the distant future, but right now. God wants to set things right right now. Somebody needs to hear that right now. It's not when this thing is over. It's not when we go back to work. It's not, it's right now. God wants to set things right to set you up for what's going to happen in your future. So I'm going to ask you, is this time, this pandemic, this social distancing, this stay at home and all these regulations and these restrictions, is this time 
Are you going to see it as a crutch or is it going to be a catapult for you that's going to take you into that next season of your life? David was skillful in his heart playing. So I'm going to ask you, what are you doing today to become more skillful in the talents that God has given you? Are you working those things out or are you just expecting them to just be there? And then when everything's over, oh, maybe I'll work on them then. I need some time. I need to rest. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with resting, but how are you today becoming more skillful? What are you doing today to steward the time and the opportunities that you have? Come on, I'm coming into your living room, into your house today. How are you stewarding that time and the opportunities that are being afforded to you, are being given to you? Write this down. What we steward today will lead us to the success we experience tomorrow. It's all about stewardship and God is giving you, everything is God's. So we have to steward the time, steward the opportunities so that we can see the success that we want. Back to David's story. So David became Saul's harpist. And again, this is kind of, you know, obviously irony playing here because David was anointed king. Saul doesn't even know it yet. But anyway, um, so David came back and forth to the palace and then back home. So the war broke out. Saul is out there and some of his brothers, uh, David's brothers go to war. So his dad wants him to bring him food and, and just pretty much ask for a report what's going on. So this is the famous story of David and, and Goliath, the Philistines. So David comes to the camp and he's trying to walk around him, but he keeps hearing all this fear, basically, from all the guys in the camp, all the soldiers in the camp. And it's like, yo, this giant's here, and man, he's like mocking us. He's just, and David's standing around like, are you guys going to take this? Do you hear what this guy's saying? So all this is kind of like, you know, this, uh, this bravado, I guess you can call it, of David. But really, it was just an assurance of who his God was. So he's standing around with his chest out, and he's like, and that gets back to Saul. And Saul's like, you know, bring David over here. So he speaks to him, and he says, you know what? He tells him this. David tells Saul this. My past or my history with God is what has prepared me for today. David was out in the pasture. Remember I said out in the pasture, connecting with God. Everything that I've done in my past has prepared me for this moment right now, for, the, for today, to face this Philistine. Our past and our history with God will prepare us for our today. And that's exactly what David told Saul. Like, I'm ready. What I've done in the past, the skillful playing, even bears and, and lions actually would try to attack his sheep. And he was there and he would attack and he would kill them. So he was prepared. He was ready. And so we need to be ready. And we need to remember that it prepares us for our today, our past prepares us for our today. And you may know the rest of the story and, and David slays the Philistine and Goliath and, and they win and um, it, gets, it gets really intense after that. I'll share that a little bit later. But I want to really highlight in 1 Samuel 17, 45, check out what David says. This is amazing. And some of this needs to be our declaration. Here we go. Then David said to the Philistines, so this is before he faces him, says, you come to me with a sword, with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. He didn't say the stuff that he had. He didn't say he had a sling and just some rocks in a pouch. He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. So you come with that, but I come with the name of the Lord on my side. My God is with me. So I want you to speak to your circumstances. I want you to speak to your situations because whatever may come to you with pain, whatever may come to you with loss, with fear, with depression, with anything else, anxiety, you come against that thing. 
And you tell it, you come with that, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of the angel armies, in the name of the Lord of hosts. Amen. You tell that thing. You tell that thing that I come in the name of the Lord. So as we transition, point number three, we had history in the making, the making part. That sounds like a real good verb right there. It's making. Something's going to happen. Right? The last part of the phrase. Number three, we have a purpose and a future in God. We have a purpose and a future in God. Check this out. Our past develops our present, but our present delivers us into our future. Our past develops our present, and our present delivers us into our future. So there's some questions that I'm just going to pose with you. Again, I'm, just, I'm, I'm coming right in there. Um, I, I hope that's okay. Let's, let's, let's be real at Generation Church, real and authentic. Amen. And so what will you produce in this season? What fruit are you producing? What are you producing during this time? Are you just waiting for everything, all of it to pass for the perfect circumstances to come about? Trust me, they ain't coming. But what are you going to produce in this season? David's purpose, um, as I said, the, the story continues where Saul obviously figures out that David is the new anointed king. So Saul comes after him tries to kill him. David has two opportunities to kill Saul, but he doesn't. And then David moves on to be the king of Israel. Then David done messed up a few times after that. It gets crazy. But you know what? After all that, God recognizes David as a man after his own heart. Even after everything he went through, even after everything he did, the sins he committed. David's purpose in future wasn't just to lead the people of God, but ultimately I believe it was to be a man after God's own heart. Amen. In Acts chapter 13, verse 22, this is where it says it right here. And when he had removed him, when God had removed Saul, he raised up for them David as king to whom he he gave a testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart and whom and who will do my will. That's how God recognized David. David's life, the amazing part, it will continue the lineage of our Savior and our Messiah, Jesus Christ. In the next verse, in Acts chapter 13, verse 23, it says, From this man's seed, from David's seed, according to the promise, the promise of God, raised up for Israel a Savior, Jesus. Come on. Let's revisit Isaiah chapter 46, verse 10. Remember I said at the beginning, but this is in the New Living Translation. It says, Only I can tell you the future before it ever happens. Everything I plan, I want you to get this, everything I plan will come to pass. And that makes me think of a famous scripture in Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In the last scripture says, everything I plan will come to pass and that future and hope is the plan that God has for you. It is good for you is what God has intended for you. I want you to write this down. A plan without a purpose is just pointless. God wouldn't have a plan without a purpose for you. Then we'll just be wandering around and just existing. That's not what God wants. God wants us not to just exist. God wants us to be a representation of who he is on this earth. Amen. And that purpose that he has for us is future. It, it, it dials up to being a future and a hope for you. God's plan has a plan and a purpose on purpose for you. So as I close out, 
um, I just want you to remember three things from this talk that we had today. I want you to know that you have a history and a past with God. And sometimes, even though the circumstances just come upon you and just like, how can I lift my hands? How can I press through this thing? Sometimes we have to remember and recall what God has done for us. And the, and, and the most amazing part is, honestly, if God doesn't do another thing for you, he is still worthy to be praised. He is still worthy for his name to be lifted up. But we got to remember what God has done for us in our past. Remember, he knew you before anyone else knew you. The second thing I want you to come away with is that you are in progress with God. It's not over. This thing is working. This thing is, is moving. You're in progress with God. And the Holy Spirit is with you. Jesus had to go away so that Holy Spirit could come and reside. We are the temple, the word says, the temple of the Holy Spirit. Jesus had to go away so that the comforter, so that the one who would come and reside on the inside of us. I just want to tell you one thing. Your today counts. Your today counts. Make today count. God is so um, overwhelmed and cherishes your every today. He does. When you wake up, he is just, oh man, he is just excited that his son and his daughter got up and they're ready to take on what life has to offer. Number three, what I want you to take away, I want you to know that you have a purpose and a future in God. Just like you were purchased by the blood of Jesus, by the son of God, you have been purposed by God. You need to live a life that is purchased and purposed by God. And I want you to know, don't forsake your tomorrow because your today all is messed up. I'm going to say that again because I said it messed up. Do not forsake your tomorrow because your today is messed up. That's not fair. That is not fair. Don't forsake that tomorrow because today, you know what? God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Use it today. It counts today. And the last thing, um, before I close, I'm going to pose a question. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm just... I'm in your, I'm, I'm in your, I'm in different parts of the home now. And so I want to ask, and maybe you've heard this phrase before, but what side of history will you be on? History in the making. What side of history will you be on? In all this social distancing and all this pandemic and all this talk and, and even the distance learning for the students, like this is all new for everybody. I'm a teacher, man. And this thing is, woo, it's, it's tough. History is being made, but what side of history will the church be standing on? What side of history will you be standing on? After all this is said and done and we look back, what is it going to say about the church? What is it going to say about your life? And really, I just want to encourage you. Since the beginning of time, God will always engage in the chaos. He did it at the beginning. At the beginning, it was void and there was chaos, but God engaged in it. And the Holy Spirit hovered over it and life began. So God will always engage in the chaos. He will not turn away from it. God is not scared. He is not surprised. Amen. So as we close, I just want to ask another question. I know I've asked a lot of questions, but this one is more, I want to make sure that you're right with God. I want to make sure that you're right with his son, Jesus, that you've accepted, accepted him as your Lord and your Savior. Uh, John chapter 14, 6 says... Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through him. 
in Romans chapter 10, 9, it says, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our hearts that he was raised from the dead, we shall be saved. And so I'm gonna say a simple prayer. You're gonna say it with me. I want everybody saying it, the kids, the family. And as we take this time, whether it's the first time or as a rededication, I want you to say this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me, to shed his blood for me. Forgive me of all my sins. And I believe you have raised him from the dead and he is sitting at the right hand of you. I thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are just so excited. If you made that decision for the first time as a recommitment, we're celebrating. The word says that the whole entire heaven is celebrating even one, even one person comes to Christ. So really, we would just, um, we're going to give you some instructions right after this, um, links, things like that that you can follow up. We want to get some tools in your hand. We wanted to help you on this journey with Jesus. Man, we are so excited for you. History in the making is happening right now. Your today counts, um, your yesterday counts, and your tomorrow counts as well. Amen. And we just want to encourage you. We have some amazing things coming up. Stay tuned. Mother's Day is coming up. We have a new series coming up as well. So stay tuned, man. I, again, I'm so honored. I want to thank you so much for this opportunity. Take care, GC. Man, what a great message today from Pastor Rich. Love just the uh, the passion and uh, just love to see all of our campuses get to participate with the message. Amen. It was really great. And also, if you said that prayer at the end today and committed your life to Christ, we would love to hear from you and connect with you and help you in your journey. So you can text GC Church to 97000. Again, that's GC Church to 9700, just right here on your phone. And so that way we can get connected with you. And we would love to hear if you said that prayer today. That's what we're really all about, yeah. is that right there. We also just want to thank all of you who have continued to support the church with your tithes and offerings, as well as with your movement giving. Uh, as many of you know, today is the first Sunday, which we normally bring our movement contributions. And so we just want to thank you for doing that. You can do that with, of course, the Church Center app. You can text as well, 84321, or go to our website, generationschurch.tv, and participate with giving. And we just thank you again for supporting us in that way. We also want to remind you about all the stuff that we have going on during the week. Yeah, a lot of stuff. Um, staying connected through our Zoom meetups and through the different groups that are happening online, virtually. If you've not gotten connected, get the Do Church it. Center app yeah. and download that today so that you can get connected with everything that's happening. Obviously, as we know, we don't know when we'll be able to gather again in person. That time is still a little ways away. And so we want to make sure that we're staying connected as much as possible with each other online. Yes. Uh, I want to encourage you to get in the Zooms, uh, Zoom meetups and get the app. My mom, who is, uh, well, she needs to get mad if I yeah, say her age, say but if she can be a part and she joined my Spirit Empowered Life group, then you can <laughs> figure it out and be participating yeah. as well. So yeah. uh, we have the mid happening on Wednesday nights. We have it for students on the couch. We have it in Espanol, as well as Pastor Jennifer and I join on uh, Wednesday nights. Every night we have something, but yeah. specifically Wednesday nights, we have the mid available. And uh, it's just been a really great time. We've had a lot of people joining us on Instagram Live. Yeah. And so we want to continue to do that and just encourage you to participate. It really brings us together as family just for those uh, 30, 45 minutes or yeah, so. So it really does. And we also have prayer, uh, prayer in the evenings, 730, live prayers. every night. 
at 7.30 with our uh, different pastors on staff. Yeah. And then the devotions in the morning, those are always available to you. Those are not live, so you can watch those at any time. They've been a real great inspiration. Yeah. Um, but speaking of connecting, we're going to do our lobby experience in go. just a few minutes. So all of our campus pastors are going to be going live on Facebook on our Generations Church accounts. And so we just want to have a time of connecting, following this experience, and just getting you know in touch with each other Absolutely. and uh, talking about the message or ha answering any questions that you might have. Uh, we would just love to connect with you in that time. Last week in the lobby thing, uh, there was conversation about me forcing parents to make McFlurries. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just want to give a big shout out to Rich and Devin, probably mostly Devin, um, <laughs> who uh, they did a, an amazing one. And I saw a number of kids uh, yes. making yeah. their McFlurries. And, uh, so just uh, the fun that we had doing that. So uh, also the kids experience, speaking of the kids, is about to start. So make sure you join us on YouTube or I believe it's on Facebook uh, and Instagram. Uh, somewhere in there you'll find us. And our kids will be doing their uh, service. And then today, just as a reminder, our Get On Fast Track is today. Uh, and so you can become a part of the church and partner with us and uh, just learn all about the vision, what we're doing. And so uh, Pastor Lehu and her team are, are prepared and ready to host you in that way. And also just a reminder, we mentioned this earlier, but the Mother's Day yes, Parade. we're excited for this that. This Saturday, all locations, Temecula, you'll go to the school, San Diego to your campus, Moreno Valley to our campus. And we're gonna have a Mother's Day parade. Decorate the car, come come with mom, and yeah, it's gonna be fun. It'll be so much fun. We'll get to see everybody's faces, but you gotta stay in your cars and we'll just give air hugs. But we do have a gift for every mom, so make sure Absolutely. that you come out. For gift that. for every mom. It's gonna be good. Yeah. From six to six thirty. So just a small window so we get everybody there at the same time to say hi to everybody. Yeah, 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 and yeah. it's gonna be a fun time. And then you can go to some drive-through and take dinner home with mom. That's so right. <laughs> uh, it'll be fun. So we're glad you've uh, joined us today from wherever you've uh, tuned in on any of our platforms. We're so uh, thankful and uh, uh, just really appreciate all yeah. the support. We're continuing to pray and believe with everybody. Thank, thanking God for healing people and just bringing people through the storms and just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's become a, a long time. And so we're just, uh, uh, stay with joy. Keep your hope high yeah. and just believe God for the best in every situation. Amen. We love you guys today. God bless we you. We love you so Have much. Have a great Sunday.